can't never stop working hard. Each day I feel I have to improve. Hard work, determination. I've got to keep pushing myself. Welcome to Hiya, the only podcast that has to warn you consumption of raw or undercooked combat may lead to intestinal bleeding, cracked skulls, or cardiovascular leakage. <laughs> Episode. Better than anal seepage. Well. <laughs> Episode 36 recorded uh, March, no, May 19th, 2013. May. Starts now. Right now. Yeah, right now. Stepped all over rumbling. your sexy no. <laughs> what you got for us, Dave? Oh, you expect me to do all the work, do you? Yeah, yeah. You're the roadhouse. Wake the fuck up again. Come on. Figures. Um, well, you know, the first thing I wanted to bring up, you know, I went on a little vacation a couple weeks ago, and that's part of the reason we haven't slung an episode in a you couple weeks. You needed one, yeah. Mm, yeah, and I had a great time down in New Orleans. Oh, you're not going to go about that gun story, no. Yeah, well, yeah we're jumping right <laughs> on it. Is that one of your items? No, it's okay, not. Okay, I didn't think so. I thought I warned you I might pull that out <laughs> separately. But, uh, yeah, so, but before I get to the whole gun story, it's not my gun story anyway. Yeah. We put a little video up on the uh, Facebook page. Yes. Uh, you know, I had a great time, man. There's nothing, nothing like marching through Jazz Fest in a second line with the, with the Rebirth brass band blowing it strong up front. Right. Just it's such a good time. If you get a chance, look at look at Dave's Facebook page. He put up some photos of it. Looks like an outstanding time you had. Yep, yep. My good friend Elise got married. That's her third wedding I've been to. <laughs> <laughs> the first one was tongue in cheek, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But she's awesome. Her new husband's awesome, and uh, they got a great kid already. They're doing it. They did everything backwards, you know. Yeah, they got together. They had a kid. They got got a house, and then they're like, "Oh shit, we might as well get married." <laughs> and then for the wedding, they had the reception the night before because the wedding took place at Jazz Fest. Nice. So you know, you had your reception first. Yeah, you got your dancing and and dinner. It was at the. Right. The house Anne Rice used to live in. Oh, that's badass. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. The whole thing was just slicker now shit. But uh, yeah. I won't go on and on about it because this here is a martial arts podcast. Yes, it is. So somebody's got to get hurt. Hey, I'm already hurt. Uh, so uh, hopefully people, uh, our Facebook friends anyway, got to check out the video already. If not, go over there and look at it. Uh, and this has been a pretty big news story. But yeah. uh, Shotgun Steve. My friend Elise, as we were uh, having some drinks the evening after the wedding, told me about this because mm. she she loves this guy but she said oh i saw this video and it's like cctv where this this little white guy's just walking down the street doodly dooting on his cell phone about five o'clock in the morning you know in the quarter <laughs> and from out of frame in runs the thug with a shotgun and runs right up and puts that thing in his face <laughs> and he looks at him nonplussed for a split second and then snatches the barrel <laughs> starts chasing the guy finally drops his phone and knocks you know the, looks like the guy's other hand off of it and, club. <laughs> yeah and reversed it on him and then they disappeared out of frame uh, the, the story goes on though the guy ran and he didn't shoot at him but the guy pulled back up a few minutes later uh, pulled up to some, beside him in a car with some other guys they're like hey man give give me my shotgun back and I'll give you your cell phone that you dropped back and what did the guy do? <laughs> Not do that. <laughs> he walked over to the car and busted the back window out with the shotgun. Yeah, nice. So <laughs> I don't know if this guy's a martial artist or not, but 
he certainly did something that we had talked about just on the previous episode. It got yeah. mentioned in some context. Maybe he's another, a listener. Which, well, we were talking about, you know, weapon self-defense, defending right. against weapons empty-handed. And I was like, you know, one of the only things I teach in that regard really is the is a principle-based thing of action is quicker than reaction. Mm-hmm. Lure them in, get them to threaten you with it, get them to put it right up on the tip of your nose if possible. Because then you got a shot at it. Yeah. And that's exactly what ha- happened here. Well, especially with a shotgun. I mean, a big-ass weapon, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that's, you know, you don't want to... If you're if you're 10 feet away from those, they can't miss you with it. Mm-hmm. But if you're right up close to it, if you can move it two inches and yourself two inches, you know... You're pretty good. Now, granted, the guy in the video, the assailant, mm-hmm. he didn't seem like he was really up to it. No. Because no. as soon as the guy moved on his gun and grabbed a hold of the barrel... He was like trying to get away and just hanging on to the butt of yep, you know. Yep. Well, I mean, you got to think if you're going to be a thug out on the street and all you can find is a shotgun to go after people with, you don't know what the hell you're doing. You're, well, you're not I really know, all that you know, experienced. They had some place to up. pop out of nearby, obviously. Yeah. So you know, you use a shotgun, sure. But he, uh, uh, yeah, I think even if the guy had fired, mm-hmm. this guy would not have been hit. I don't think so either. And, you know, it's all because the assailant was dumb and put the thing an inch from his face face that he was able to get the drop on him. Mm -hmm. But we're, you know, I'm not telling people to go out there, hey, find somebody and grab their gun, you know. (laughs) But if they put it close enough to grab, that's at least you know you got a chance, Mm -hmm. you know. And it worked out well for this guy. Yes, indeed. They should just send him prowling the streets at night, texting (laughs) on his phone. Eventually, they clean that town up. Mm hmm. This leads us into another story I believe you might have that followed up uh, just a couple of weeks after that, didn't it? Uh, Down there in New Orleans. Oh, you're talking about the, the second line yeah. shooting. You were yeah, happy about caught that. that guy. That pissed me off so bad because having just actually been in a couple of second lines and had an enormously good What's time. What's a second of, line, Dave? All right. <clears throat> like they did one after the wedding and they, they have them all over New Orleans. Mm. And, you know, Virtually any weekend you can get down in Treme or someplace and find one. But it's where you get a band, and they march with whatever group they represent. Right. And behind them comes the second line. Which is what? Which is everybody else. Anybody oh, wants you. to march and dance and, you know, swing handkerchiefs fool. over their head or twirl the umbrellas yeah. or, you know, whatever. Spin a broadsword, you know. And I just, it just blew my mind having just been in that environment, literally just been two blocks from where that shooting happened down there off Fisherman's. Wow. Uh, how could anybody shoot up a second line? evidently like the way that guy did it yeah but good god (laughs) how could you be within 100 yards of one of those things and not be you know feeling good yeah you know having an awesome fucking time and swinging your shirt over your head and high stepping and rolling on the sidewalk whatever the hell it takes i don't know probably went through a shit storm and he's like all of you having happiness screw you all you should go you know i think i think it turned out he was shooting at some rival or something and just you know, a hundred people on a mother's day parade got in his way. <laughs> right. The guy was a scumbag and he'll, he, you know, he, he'll wind up in Angola down there. So <laughs> the rest of his days are not going to be happy. Of course not. But anyway, yeah, it's sad. It's really, it's sad all the way around, but just, I, it just blew my mind having just been in that, how anybody could even, th- or, you know, yeah. who would think to blow up a fucking marathon? Yeah, exactly. There's always one, asshole mm-hmm. yes this will be an evidently there's episode. quite a few of them though i mean just listen to our news stories that we've had just up to this point man. yeah yeah we tend to just focus in on martial arts assholes but yeah <laughs> and there's the nice ones too uh, yeah yeah <laughs> it's just like anything else it takes all kinds to make a souffle and mm-hmm. 
you know, sometimes the eggs get broken and sometimes the altitude's not right. I'm really reaching for this <laughs> metaphor. All right, a couple other quick things before we dive into the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, my st- stupid intro that I always do, Raw Combat. We have the author of Raw Combat, Jim Whoa. Genia. Uh, I believe I'm saying that right. He's coming on to chat with us tonight and tell us what Sweet. it's like uh, to be a martial arts journalist. And he's done a lot of writing on uh, the underground MMA scene. Oh, like what we kind of touched on. Uh, with- yeah, well, Steve Kepfer has tuned us up a lot on what's going on legally with that and kind of mm-hmm. how the system works. But this this guy's been down in the trenches with this stuff, Sweet. writing about it for a while. So I think we're going to get some interesting tales yeah, from I think Mr. Jenny. Great. Craig, a uh, couple of little Facebook items. Um mm. Somebody posted something, and I believe it was on our Facebook page. I was disorganized after Mm. I got back for a while. It's been crazy over here. Um, But uh, somebody, you know, did a little pedantry for you and corrected your pedantry Mm. uh, or or whatever. And I was keen to see what your opinion was, but you hadn't seen it, and I went looking for it. Uh, whoever sent that in, I, I did see it. And before I could go collect it for our mailbag segment, we're going to do later. Right. It disappeared. It did indeed. Or I lost it. I'm not saying, but if you removed it, Hey, don't maybe because you didn't get a response in the first couple of days, you thought we were offended or something. Yeah. Don't, don't worry be about afraid. That. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not offen- that, We're offensive. Okay? Yeah. We're not that easily, uh, butthurt. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, go ahead and repost it if you had a correction for us and you took it down. We, we will not take offense at that. And if you, you know, if you don't want to do it in, in public, so to speak, you can shoot it to us uh, directly to the email, um, you know, however you want. But, uh, yeah, let us know. Uh, yeah. yeah. And also, I've been neglecting the internets a lot lately just because I've been too busy and kind of bored with them now. But... <laughs> But uh, somebody, one of our friends on Facebook, uh, Grego, he uh, notified me there was a thread on Rum Soaked Fist, which I used to frequent when I had a little more spare time, but I just have not been over there, hmm. that mentioned us and the show, and uh, there were people over there saying, oh, they need to get this Roy Harris guy uh, oh, for an interview. So, I missed the whole Rum Soaked Fist bit in that. Uh, yeah. So cool. we'll... Uh, We'll uh, we'll definitely look into getting him on the show. Uh, so and who's this guy? Harris? This is just letting you guys know we did see your your request and it has yeah. been noted. Yeah, Roy Harris. Uh, he's MMA, but he's done a lot of traditional stuff too. And evidently, they heard him on another podcast, which mm-hmm. I don't have in front of me right now. Right. Um, oh, uh, I think it was uh, the Bullshito one, okay. which I've listened to a few times. A pretty good podcast. They get a little. Some of their yeah, banter, like their I mean, forum. Uh, that's, that's one of the things I'd mentioned. It's like, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I mentioned, damn, I've been listening to some of these other podcasts and I feel like Terry Gross on fresh air now. I thought, <laughs> I thought we were edgy, but no, yeah. <laughs> some of these people have, uh, but you know, they seem like good guys and they, you know, I, I heard Steve on their show one time cool. and some other stuff. So they, they got a good podcast over there. It's, uh, it's got some long, weird, uh, We'll have name, to check but it's that out. Guys. We'll have to reach out to them maybe because uh, uh, I have I didn't even realize they had one. It makes sense that they do, but I'm gonna yeah into that no myself. it's some good they had a lot of good stuff on the whole uh, the whole Lloyd Irving thing. They oh, had Georgette okay. uh, Odom, I believe, is her mm-hmm. name on there. Um, so they had Roy Harris on, and this guy's like uh, you know he was good on that, but I'd love to hear Haya interview. You know, the same cat, the same guy, because we would get a different aspect yeah, of what he's of about. And I'm like, that sounds good to me too. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, yeah. Keep these Facebooks coming, you know, even though we're not maybe as proactive on there, sometimes we should be. Yeah. Um, other shit gets in the way, you know. I plan to watch our Facebook page much more closely. I've started trying to do that. Yes, but, indeed. Uh, Let me throw this out to you all. I've had a couple of people on the Facebook page uh, want to reach out to friend me on Facebook. I'm more than open to that. Uh, just know you can't find me uh, on there by looking up my regular name, Craig. Kiesling, you can well you can but that's kind of like just my seo and online marketing uh personality you gotta look up northwind literally northwind on facebook and that's me that's his kung fu hat that he puts yep. on <laughs> uh the other thing about facebook is like uh and i'm just getting this out of the way right quick here up front sorry and we won't dwell on this much longer but uh uh, uh, Kepfer posted, uh, you know, something about a seminar. Oh no. I think it's the charity where they're trying to raise money to go to the Sambo competition. It's like a Kickstarter. Or something. Oh, okay. And he, you know, he posted it, but he was like, Oh, do you mind if I do look, uh, not just Steve or people that we know directly, but any of our Facebook fans, if, if, if friends, if you've got something going on and you think you might benefit from having a little reach to it. You know, if it's something super crass and commercial, we might knock it off there. Yeah. But if it's you your know, multi-level marketing thing, I'm yeah. going to shoot you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. don't do that. But if you've got, you know, an event and, uh, you know, you think there might be enough listeners locally that it would help or something like that going on, feel Toss free to post there. on the page. Also feel free to post questions, suggestions, mm-hmm. uh, start conversations amongst yourselves there too. That yeah, place is not just for us. This know? is where, you know, everybody that's on that page also listens to the po- this podcast. So at least you've got that much common ground. Well, say uh, hiya. Yeah. Say, how are you? Say hiya and how are you? How, how, <laughs> uh, how are you to each other? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Howdy. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> So woman, I love a parade. <laughs> I love a parade. <laughs> and notice I'm gently clutching the flap of skin under my elbow when I sing. <laughs> yes, that. I just, do. Just like the real Ethel. That's very sexy. I know. Well, I'm, I'm about to go do some synchronized swimming. It is raining in the champagne lounge. Indeed, it is. So it's also the bartender's birthday. So let's uh, mm. let's grab some sticks and go out there and pop that uh, painkiller pinata they got him. I like it. All I right, like it. folks. We'll be right back with Jim Genia. Okay, folks, we're back, and we've got Jim Genia on the line with us. Uh, he's a martial arts journalist and author of Raw Combat and uh, doing some television work now, I hear, but we'll get into all that soon. Uh, how you doing, Jim? I'm doing good. How you doing? Oh, we're great over here today. Yes, we are. A little wet. but uh, <laughs> A little you know. damp, but shit, I'm in a good mood, so I'm just going to go with That's that. That's due to the weather, by the way. <laughs> Not just because I'm that good looking, but you know. Yeah, that's why we turn the Skype off, uh, the uh, <laughs> camera. 
So anyway, uh, l- let's start off. For the first off, I want to. I, I need to confess something here. Every other time we've had an author on, I have read their book before I've got, had them on a show. Um, turns out I went flat broke for about a week and tanked our bank account. So uh, we were living on cash. So I couldn't go on to the Kindle and pay the pittance to read your excellent book. But uh, now that we're back in black, I will be doing that soon. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, I apologize for that right up front. I'm going to make you do all the work, Jim. <laughs> that's, that's fine. That's fine. And you know what? You don't have to buy the book. I'll just send you a copy for free. There you go. Hey, you know, it's good to be a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, give us a synopsis, you know, tell us a, a little bit about it. I know that the, uh, the general topic we, we touched on. Well, now wait, lightly, Craig, but, okay. hold your horses back there, I'm fella. I'm holding my horses. We need to get to know. Uh, this Jim. guy first, yeah. yes, uh, and so to the listeners. Uh, so the first thing I want to know is the same thing we want to know about everybody else that we interview: is how did you get interested in martial arts in the first place? What what brought you to this to this place? Well, I was uh, always into the martial arts. I um, r- when I first started college back in eighty nine, I took up judo. And ever since then, it was like, you know, a long, arduous journey of, you know, trying out different martial arts. And then when the Ultimate Fighting Championship came around in 1993, that sort of really gave me uh, the direction that I needed. And I've been an MMA fan. And uh, and in terms of training, I've done whatever, it, you know, anything applicable towards MMA. That's what I've been doing. Awesome. Uh, did you... Uh, have you ever competed or do you just like to, you know, to, to train and work out of the gym with it? Uh, I'm a gym guy. I'm, I'm, uh, I did some judo tournaments before right. MMA came along, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a gym guy. Cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> being in a cage and fighting other guys that want to take your head off is, you know, it never really appealed to me either. <laughs> <laughs> our friend big al who who is on the podcast occasionally had a student once that came to him and he said you know i really want to get into mma he's like do you have any advice and he's a traditional shingy teacher and he looked at him he said yeah go ahead and get married now because you're as good looking as you'll ever be <laughs> <laughs> yeah it can make you ugly yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a, it seems like uh, you can make a lot of money out of it and and leave lead a an inter- interesting life and whatnot but uh I am past my prime, you know, in a lot of different aspects, and that's just not a road I can go down, that's for sure. Yeah, well, you know, in training, it's full contact, uh, and there's, you know, a lot of different aspects to it. You're going to be grappling, you're going to be kicking and punching, and, um, you know, you you can get, I'll tell you this, uh, the last time I grappled was probably about two years ago, and I got a staph infection. I got the worst kind, MRSA, and... It's just – it's a fact of life now. So many people are doing it. Was that from the mats? I don't know if it was from the mats or from someone else. I mean they kept the gym pretty clean. Right. They, they – you know, we scrubbed the mats down bef- you know, between classes, but it still happened. Yeah. And uh, at the time, my daughter, you know, she was a toddler and I couldn't touch her for a week. I had to take super oh, antibiotics to get rid of this mm-hmm. thing. And it's just – it's one of those facts of life now because so many people are doing it. That's rough. Well, so um, you are a martial arts journalist, though, and I'm sure that's not a title a lot of people have. Um, and, you know, like I said, we've had other authors on the show before, but never anyone who was in it at that level. You know, we've had uh, 
people who wrote about their own experiences and, and people who wrote for, you know, collected uh, articles from others. Uh, but how, what does it take? How do you become a martial arts journalist? Yeah, how would you even define what a martial arts journalist is? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I write specifically about uh, the sport of mixed martial arts. But, of course, that will entail some martial arts coverage. Uh, and I got into it in, in 2001. That's when I started, you know, getting paid to do it. And at this point right now, I am the managing editor of a group called Rebellion Media. So I oversee 11 mixed martial arts blogs and one pro wrestling blog. That's on your comeuppance in that whole area. That's, that's kind of sweet. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's a long time coming. It's, uh, it's an, it's, there's very few slots in the industry where you can, you know, work full time. And I'm lucky now to finally be in that position. Yeah, overnight sensation after 12 years. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. exactly. exactly. <laughs> but I mean, to do what you love and to, and to, you know, be able to feed yourself at the same time from it, that, that's just a dream come true for many. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, has, has, a, has a lot of that hinged around sort of the new media of, of blogs and, you know, the internet and, and YouTube and all that stuff. Cause I, you know, it might not have been possible to sustain a career as a, focused martial arts journalist, maybe a boxing writer, you know, but even that would be covered by a general sports writer most of the time, you know, has that been a big factor? Uh, New media definitely plays a role. I, when I first started off, I was a um, magazine editor, magazine reporter, and then moved into magazine editor and the magazine folded. Um, But it turns out it's all about, you know, the internet nowadays. So I eventually transitioned into that and, uh, and you know, the 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 industry created these positions, and that's where I am. Cool. Does somebody need to wake up in your house right now, or <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> I think your pizza's ready. I know. <laughs> it's okay. It's not that bad. But uh, surely it'll come. My son, I've got a three and a half year old son right now, and he somehow got a hold of my wife's uh, timer that she uses at school. One of those little, you know, it's like a track timer or something digital right and you know can i go check to see what that absolutely is? we can edit that part hold out on, hold on one second this house may be on yeah, fire yeah. <laughs> hit it with a hammer that's right <laughs> sorry about that that's all right <laughs> you find it yeah it's was actually in my gym bag my boxing timer there you go there you go that's what i was about to say my my Three and a half year old son got my wife's uh, timer, digital timer, and he, you know, kids have a way. They can mash a combination of buttons on something that can never be unmashed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for like, for the last two weeks at 1045, beep, 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 from wherever <laughs> in the house, you know, and then sometimes it'll go off like every two minutes for an hour. <laughs> yep. All right. Yeah. So we got that taken care of. Let um, me ask you this real quick. I was just curious. Um, you said you got your start kind of in judo uh, and then uh, worked your way into MMA um, from your interests in martial arts and all that good stuff. Uh, did you find yourself ever uh, kind of going back even, you know, after being really into MMA, going back and playing with judo a little bit? Or um, did you kind of just leave for greener pastures? Well, I I feel like deep down inside I'll always have that background and it'll always help. When I – transition to other martial arts, especially when I started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you can't do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu without calling on your Judo background. And that Judo background gives you an advantage over people that don't have it in, in you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, it, so, it mainly takedowns, I would guess? Takedowns, comfortable 
you know, being on the ground, um, you know, just being, you know, thrown around, choked, all that stuff. <laughs> if, if you've been exposed to it before in some capacity, then you have that edge over people who've never been exposed to it before. Oh, right. Either right. that or just being married. I mean, that's similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, maybe I, I got married too, so maybe that helped. Yeah. Greg likes to go on about how his five foot one, hundred pound <laughs> wife picks on him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, so you've got this little uh, 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 media empire going uh, online now. Um, what, what's your circulation? How many you? Uh, how many blogs did you say you had? Eleven. It's eleven MMA blogs and one uh, pro wrestling blog, and the combined traffic puts us third. We're right behind Bleacher Report, and I think it's SB Nation. Sweet, awesome, yeah. It's, there's more to the network than just the sports blogs. There's like there's an editor of um, this like men's site. I think there's a, a pregnant woman's site. There's like all these things that I have nothing to do with, right. but it's part of our it's part of our package. The company's called Rebellion Media, and they're based out of Canada. It kind of works with a content delivery network and whatnot. Well, yeah. What what it was is Rebellion was a tech company, and they wanted to. You know, get into these industries, so they bought all these blogs. Uh, they they were already established blogs. Yeah, very cool. And then they brought me on. I'm the guy that you know to coordinate them all. Excellent. I mean, obviously, we're fascinated by this because we're novice amateur podcasters. So you know, <laughs> anybody that gets an edge on this stuff. Obviously, we'll want to learn as much as possible from. But maybe our listeners aren't so concerned with all of that. Uh, let's get right on to your book, man. Uh, Raw Combat, uh, Underground Martial Arts, Mixed Martial Arts. Uh, yeah, tell, tell us how you got into writing this thing. Well, I'm based out of New York. And whether you, you know or you don't, New York is one of the last few states uh, the holdout. Yeah, Stephen uh, Kepfer of, is, is tuned us up on that aspect of it, the the fight to get it legalized and stuff. Yeah, mixed martial arts, professional mixed martial arts right now is is illegal, um, and there's a lot of legal wranglings, you know, over the law. But the state, for the longest time, you know, tried to stamp out all versions of the sport, amateur or pro, regardless of whether you know the amateur stuff is is or isn't legal. The state just ran it all out of the you know. You know, to other states. Right. So, in I've been covering the sports since 2001. In 2003, some underground shows sprouted up in New York City, and you know that's my backyard. I live in New York City, so I started going to these underground events, and they've been going on for you know over 10 years now. And I wrote a book about it because there's so much interesting stuff that you can see. Uh, in an underground show, I mean, you probably have when you say underground fighting in New York, you probably have, you know, an image pops into your head, something like Fight Club or something like The Warriors. Right. I mean, right. is it is it a spectrum of things, or are these all basically what would be professional shows, but they just can't do them that yeah, way? Yeah, how how's it how's it work out that way? It is everything that you've imagined, uh, but also it's got a lot of like legitimate MMA to it. Um, there's I've seen shows in you know martial arts gyms uh, where there's like just a mat and everyone has to stand around and, and push the fighters back into the center. <laughs> awesome. But we're back on. Sorry about that technical glitch, folks. Uh, you were describing uh, 
the the spectrum of what uh, underground martial arts fights were. Yeah, you push fighters back in the ring in certain martial arts gyms, and, and yeah. yes, yes, uh, I've seen like as I was saying, I've seen events in boxing gyms, um, in kickboxing schools. Uh, one time in a mosque, they had uh, an event. And it was kind of trippy because, you know, you could hear the evening prayers being broadcast over the loudspeakers upstairs and people were mm-hmm. fighting on mats downstairs. It actually sounds kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Movie, yes. It's it's a lot of cool stuff, um, you know, and sometimes it's it's invite only. So maybe there's a dozen people watching these fights. Uh, sometimes there's no rules. Sometimes it's rules just like you see in the UFC. Uh, one time a uh, a. a Humvee limo pulled up and someone's bachelor party, like they filled in, like you know, as as the audience, it was awesome. That's cool. Uh, and you know, there's the the fighters, uh, Frankie Edgar, who was a UFC champ, uh, not too long ago. He had his first fight in in the underground scene in New York. Uh, there's been like all these martial arts masters that want to like you know try and prove that their style works, and they go in and get clobbered by a bouncer or oh, whatever. Yeah. You got to tell us some of those stories. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all it's all in the book. You'll all right. About it. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Rock Combat talks about all that stuff because um, basically that's all that New York's got, and it talks about uh, it, it. It compares New York to New Jersey. New Jersey has a sanctioned scene. It has one of the most progressive uh, mixed martial arts circuits in the in the country. So it compares and contrasts. Uh, the two scenes, and it you know examines some of the fighters that will jump back and forth between the two. Hmm. Let me ask you this: um, Let's say I was in you know New York City or whatnot, and uh, I just wanted to watch one of these things. You know, and obviously since it's underground, you have to kind of be careful how you advertise and whatnot. If you're a promoter of this event, how do they do that? Um, without you know crossing any lines you know legality wise, um, but still be able to to pull the numbers that they need um, to make it work. Well, the 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 preeminent organization for underground fighting in New York City is the Underground Combat League, and if you if you're going to find out about you know one of their upcoming shows, you either have to know someone who knows, or you're on the promoter's list to get a text message. Otherwise, you never find out. Very cool. Yeah, it's it's very exclusive. So to be to be into you know in the audience for one of those events, you're really like special. Right, right. Uh, Skull and bones going on here. Yeah, <laughs> there's another organization that just had an event yesterday. They uh, do mostly kung fu, full contact kung fu, but it's mm-hmm. it's kind of turned into MMA. Uh, they advertise on Facebook. And which. Uh, it- you know, if if you feel comfortable with saying it, I don't know um, which group is this. Just out of curiosity, the, the kung fu one is man. I'm mm-hmm. stand up. Okay, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Black Taoist yep. and and those guys. I meant to ask you about those. Um, do those count as underground fights? Because they, I've seen them. You know, videos where they're having them in the streets. You know, yeah, and I've seen some of them that that they're pretty bad. But you know, well, uh, you know, yeah. well, um, the the man of stand up. They've only been around about two years, and they haven't. Re- really any guys uh, progress to like the sanctioned scenes in New Jersey and and things of that nature. So they're still sort of in its infancy in terms of like the level of the the competitors, but there's some real talent there. There's some guys that show like a lot of promise. I don't know which fights you saw, but there's, there's a few guys that have actually, one guy moved on to um, 
uh, he fights in the UCL now and is doing pretty well. And eventually, he's probably going to you know turn a pro as an MMA fighter. Nice. Yeah, I th- I'm actually kind of intrigued by the format they seem to be using for that. And again, this is based on my limited knowledge of seeing some videos that they posted and stuff. But um, it seems like a couple of guys will get together at one of these things and just sort of agree on what the rules will be there, how hard they're going to go, whether they're just playing or they're actually going to fight, you know. That sort of thing. Maybe I was watching very early videos of this. Yeah, it looks like they were still working things out, the details. But yeah, this is man up, stand up. You're still talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, their, their rules. They want to try and keep it, you know, not so much MMA and and more traditional kung fu, uh, but by its very nature, being full contact, uh, and they allow ten seconds of grappling on the ground. They're still going to get like MMA bouts. It's inevitable. Like these guys, if they're going to be standing and, and fighting, they're eventually going to grab each other and, and and just instinctively try and grapple. So right. take someone to the ground, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, they, their rules. They're kind of you know flexible in their rules, but they also try and enforce the ten seconds on the ground. And at the beginning of the event, all the fighters have to you know do one of their forms to, I guess. Pay homage to their style. Right. Show their show their uh, traditional cred. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to one of those shows. It's a real trip. It's like going to um, imagine the Last Dragon. That <laughs> it's like real life. Show enough. Yeah, I mean, one of these guys is going to develop the glow at some point and, and I just love it. make his opponent explode. It's awesome. Show me some moves. Dude, I hope I see that on the YouTubes. Well, one of the Yaki <laughs> hot sake, baby. One of the coolest things I saw was a fighter got, you know, hurt, injured, and then, you know, he, he, he fought and lost. But after the, the event, you know, in some events, those like medical care, there's like guys, you know, being attended to by a doctor or an EMT. This guy got hurt, and he was getting acupuncture done. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So it was kind of kind of cool to watch. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, well, let's slowly back out of the Musu or man up stand up and and back into the uh, UCL. It sounds like. Um, so it's definitely kind of you got to know somebody type thing. So you know, how would somebody? Um, get into knowing somebody or something like that if somebody really wanted to watch it sounds like you have to be um you know kind of willing or wanting to become a competitor at some point and in order to even get on the list uh well just to be on the list the promoter has to trust you and um a lot of people will contact me because i have a blog um or because i wrote that book and they'll reach out to me and say hey i'm interested and i'll put them in touch uh, or you know, if I'm friends with them in some capacity, I'll bring them to an event. Um, a lot of people they know a fighter, someone who fought there, who's going to fight there, or is interested in fight there, in fighting there. So they'll go like with them. Um, it's 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 almost impossible for someone to just walk in off the street and say, "Hey, this looks interesting." Right. right. You basically need someone to vouch for you before you'll even know they're occurring. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, where they're occurring. But you also have to understand this thing's been going on for ten years. So now there's, I mean, at the last event, Anthony Bourdain and his wife Octavia were there. What? <laughs> that is so cool. So Bet y'all had some good food. Huh? <laughs> I doubt he cooked for everyone. <laughs> no, he, he he didn't cook. He just he just uh. sat ringside, and he loved it. They both loved it. His his wife is actually a big uh, jujitsu and MMA fan. Oh, but cool. Th- these events aren't as you know exclusive in in that like. 
it's only a, just a bunch of like grizzled, you know, dudes there. There's there's right. people there. There's people who bring their kids, uh, their girlfriends or their wives or their mom. So yeah. <laughs> you'll see a wide range of people. Oh. And you know, and again, I think at the higher end of this, you're not talking. It's not blood sport. It's it's fairly close to what you might see in an amateur professional MMA fight, right? Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. So the fighters can go in and test their metal, um, try to, I, you know, if they're thinking career-wise, it might be a, a track for them to um, get a people's attention to if they want to go pro eventually um, without worrying about, you know, <clears throat> their, their uh, you know, taking a, a life-changing uh, Well, without injury. having to drive across the bridge to New Jersey. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. You can take the subway to one of these events. Right. Um, and also, because they're so secretive, uh, if you win or if you lose, no one knows. I mean, no one knows unless you tell them. Right, so, it's not going on your permanent record, right? Exactly. Uh, there, are, there are fighters out there who already have like experience. Maybe they're a pro or whatever. And they'll use an alias and fight under this because maybe they want to try something new. Maybe they want to see, you know, I just want to work on my jab or my grappling or whatever. And, right. And this is the, the the venue for that. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it's cool unless you're the, their opponent who's like trying right. this for the first time. <laughs> and you, so get, you sandbagged, get sandbagged. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sandbagged all the way into the bleachers. Mm-hmm. But it sounds, you know, it sounds great if you're if you are pro and you're just trying to up your game. You're not trying to sandbag, but you just started getting into um, some more advanced Muay Thai moves or something like that, and you want to try and work it into your real game. So, it sounds like a great place to try it out. Yeah, yeah, where it won't where it won't crush your professional record if you make a mistake. Exactly. Uh, you know, I'm sure that that fighters do occasionally. Well, you've already mentioned it, but you know, occasionally people will make the jump from this to you know the the professional stuff. Uh, is do they generate buzz in the general community if they start doing really well in these underground leagues? Um, like a Kimbo, not like Kimbo Slice, but you know, is, does word get around <laughs> because these people are uh, again? I guess kind of like Kimbo Slice. You know, word got around about this guy. At least he got him a shot. You know, at professional fighting. Um, does that sort of stuff happen often? It doesn't happen that often, but that's more towards like the fighters themselves being not, not being Kimbo Slice. Um, when, <laughs> when Frankie Frankie Edgar had his first fight, it was in the UCL. It was Valley Tudo headbutts, you know, all that all that jazz. Um, but he went on to compete in New Jersey in like these sanctioned pro shows, and he worked his way up to the UFC. But and and that's the case with a lot of the guys. There's a guy who's fighting in the UFC right now named Ryan LaFlair. He fought in Sweden not too long ago and won. His first fight was in the UCL as as well. And Ryan worked his way up in New Jersey, even though he's a New Yorker, even though he's from Long Island. He you know competed in New Jersey working his way up because you can only fight so many good people in the UCL. Eventually, if you're going to get good yourself, you're going to have to, you know, fight, go where the the good fighters are. And that's, that's in like these sanctioned leagues in in these states where there's a lot of competitors. That makes sense. I mean, uh, in the underground scene, do they, do they call there for, for, uh, for local talent, like doormen and bouncers and that sort of thing? You know, is, is that a way to make a name in that world? Um, what do you mean? Like a doorman, like making a name for himself as a badass fighter or, or becoming a doorman at a, at a nice place that pays you really well because you have a reputation as a badass fighter, that sort of thing. Um, you know, that's something I've never heard of. 
it's not not to say that it's not possible, but I've never heard of anyone trying to you know throw around their clout as a UCL fighter to get them yeah, somewhere. I was just curious. It's <laughs> tough because it's underground, you know. Yeah. So yeah. How how far can you talk about reputation when it's underground? Yeah. One one thing though that the UCL has been good at is getting exposure to fighters who would normally never get exposure. I mean, because oh. the UCL is this you know, clandestine underground thing, it's been covered by ESPN, you know, New York Times, New York Observer, all these big outlets. And, you know, those outlets have used these pictures and, and, and names of these fighters that were competing at those particular events. So, you know, this, if a guy, you know, never had any designs of, of really going far in the sport, fought in the UCL and, and his picture wound up in, on, you know, the ESPN website, you know, good for him. Bang, Yeah. That's that is pretty cool. Might get him laid too. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Again, it, it looks like uh, you know that that would be another bridge into getting you know attention in that sort of uh, in in the mainstream world. Yeah. For for some of these guys, uh, and again, I, I don't want you to give away the book, so I, we, <laughs> we're picking around the edges here. But uh, you know, is is there any? individual or, or, or single person story you might like to tell us that's sort of emblematic of what the kind of character that does this sort of thing is? It's It really runs the gamut. I mean, you've got uh, guys who are dentists, competing mm-hmm. insurance agents. Uh, there was one guy who was a total psycho, freaked out during his fight, and then two weeks later grabbed a power tool in a subway and tried to kill someone, and he's doing 17 Sweet. years upstate. Now, I mean, he was oh, he was crazy. Able for air driller killer territory there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, he's it really runs the gamut. I mean, guys who are students, um, guys who are lifelong martial artists, you know, senseis or you know, kung fu instructors trying it out, uh, college wrestlers, um, just just people who want to give it a, a shot. Yeah, just test their metal and see what they're you know see if their training is is given them enough, you know, to, to be able to take on a, a fight against another martial artist. I mean, that's a lot of times you find in, you know, especially in traditional schools, you're, you're thinking about uh, defending against somebody who's usually not a martial artist, the psycho on the street and that kind of thing. But when you talk about, you know, competing, you're talking about fighting another martial artist, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's good stuff. Uh, I've heard that you're moving into some TV production, too. Um, what's going on with that? Uh, I I don't want to delve into it too much, but uh, yeah, there's been interest. It's okay. <laughs> Excellent. AG MMA. Wow. Yes, yes. <laughs> Nicely done. See what I did there? Yeah. All right. Uh, there's there's been interest because of my book. Um, there's been interest in a, a few networks in doing some stuff with underground fighting with some of the fighters in my book. Uh. TV, it's 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 a mystery, mysterious beast to me, like how it all works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but supposedly, further down the line, you'll see some stuff on television about you know these underground fights, and and there's already been stuff. Discovery Channel uh, did a show on Man Up Stand Up uh, that I was that I was in. Oh and, wow! Yeah, this was like uh, I'd say about a month and a half ago, and then yeah, just there's just been clips and stuff about you know the underground fights team. The show was called Hidden America, and it was actually a little embarrassing because – and they told me that it was going to be like this, but I didn't really understand when when I did the interviews. But uh, <laughs> Hidden America, Underground Fight Clubs, so they they had me you know, do, narrate the part about Man Up Stand Up 
and they came and filmed Man Up Stand Up, and I was like, yeah, this is, you know, they're, they're really fighting. And they're like, oh, this is awesome. Turns out the other clips that they filmed, the other segments, one was um, these guys in Silicon Valley who, who beat each other with keyboards. What? Uh, yeah, that was re- – Nice. Just to be – to be on the same TV show as that was was kind of a downer. And, yeah. yeah, to make you look like morons, basically, and that that sucks. That's not cool. Yeah, well, no, that was that was one segment. And the other segment was this uh, unlicensed boxing club in San Francisco with, with these motorcycle people. But it was you know girls fighting girls and guys fighting guys, and I don't know. They didn't seem that tough to me. So. Yeah. Here's man up stand up, but then here's these other dorks on the other ends. <laughs> right. <laughs> now uh, that that brings up a question I meant to get to while we we're still talking about this stuff. Uh, how many women do you see in this underground thing? Are there women involved in it at all? You know, does it vary from event to event? I have never seen a female compete in the in any underground fight, and okay. I don't I don't know if that's you know because it's underground, women don't want to do it. Um, I, I just don't know, but I've never seen it, and I've seen a lot of underground fights. I, there's women there. There's there's a woman coach that I've seen, um, you know, and of course girlfriends and mothers are there, but she's never fighting. Huh? Interesting. And, uh, yeah, and it may very well, like you said, be the underground nature of the whole thing that that you know makes them a little leery. Um, and uh, you know, you would have to get two that wanted to go, I guess, together in the first place to make it happen. Um, yeah, which could be difficult if you got just a bunch of guys, and I mean, you can just have them come in and get their opponent day of the fight. You know, yeah. Here you yeah. go. You got you got this guy and this guy. You're about the same size. You look about the same kind of mean. Go for it. You know. <laughs> I think the promoter of the UCL is trying to talk Octavia Bourdain into fighting, and she seems like she's interested. But <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if if that'll happen or if they'll find someone to fight her. Anthony could be her corner man. You know. Yeah. With a little grill on the side. <laughs> Pass her uh, knives and stuff if she needs them. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, back to the whole television thing. Uh, somebody needs to track you down if you've got, you know, the, you've got the skills and the inroad into this. What a fabulous reality show that would make. Just get somebody, start from the it ground up, like and journey into that. Yeah, down. I know. I'm just, uh, you know, he's not going to tell us, so I'm just floating <laughs> ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's uh there's deep interest there's commitments uh there's promises so i'm i'm confident that there's going to be some tv about these underground fighters about the stuff that's in my book i get you that sounds so cool so i'm curious um what's what's next for you if you're doing uh you know after you finish that that pretty great book that uh uh raw combat um you know what else can you can you do in that area? You know, are you thinking about maybe writing uh, something else, another perspective or different topic? What do you any plans in that area? Well, writing a book is a, is a huge endeavor, and I I enjoyed writing this one. It, it didn't even feel like work, and I would love to write another, but I'm just so busy as managing editor for Rebellion Media. I mean, I. I'm I'm at shows so so frequently and I'm covering all these events and I'm you know overseeing about 30 writers. So and you're still writing yourself actively too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got columns and and I put up some articles whenever I can. Okay, so what obviously since I haven't read the book and I you know neither one of us has a huge experience in the underground fight league, although what we call tequila sparring nights would probably be just a step underneath 
the lowest <laughs> tier of your underground fighting leagues. <laughs> we usually come away broken, battered, and a lot of egos hurt and drunk and angry wives. Um, but no, no, we don't customers. get angry. Our our wives and girlfriends occasionally get mad at us when yeah. we show up beat up. But sounds but, like you should switch from tequila to maybe I don't know brandy or something. <laughs> maybe it's the yeah I'm, the sombrero makes it hard for me to see when I'm fighting, but <laughs> <laughs> it really protects my head well. What right. Is that? Um, uh, <laughs> I once, I once saw someone break their leg, uh, their femur completely in half. You could see it visibly snap in half. Nice. Ooh. Doing like a was little he... Muay Thai kick to the shin? No, they stepped on it wrong. It was what? like before the opponent had even gotten to like touch him, the guy like pivoted on his his leg, and you saw it like fold. And the opponent didn't see it. The opponent was a jitsu guy, you know, kicked him in the in the side and jumped over onto his back. And the guy like <laughs> fell to the ground, immediately tapped out. And and the, the opponent didn't know. Oh, you know, I, his leg is broken. He got up and celebrated, and everyone's saying his leg, his leg, his leg. And you know, this guy's on the ground holding like his mangled leg. Dude, this is crass. But what kind of martial artist, if you just simply pivoting on the ball or a heel of your foot, breaks your leg? I mean, there's something I'm missing here. No, he was a wrestler. He was a wrestler. It's possible that he had a pre-existing condition. Maybe he had a yeah. stress fracture. Um, maybe more milk. I don't know. And it's <laughs> yeah, right. That guy was out for a year and just did a kickboxing match in the Underground Combat League uh, just a couple months ago. Ah, did he win? No, but you know, God, <laughs> oh boy, I must have forget back in the ring. Exactly. <laughs> you figure out. You get in there the first time and you break your leg before anybody touches you. Getting back in that second time would be a big well. It's to necessary. Climb yeah, so. you got to do it. Though. <laughs> yeah. There's no doctors. He they uh, he was lying there on the canvas with a broken leg. They put him on a folding table, carried him into the back, and called the ambulance. And the ambulance came like 25 minutes later. The fights are all <laughs> on. He's in the back groaning. Oh boy! And he had, how, what happened to you? Oh, I fell coming down the stairs because you really can't tell him what happened, right? No, it, and it sounds this like okay. The uh, See, this is one of the weird things about New York is if the competitors are amateur, if it's an amateur event, it's legal. If they're pro, it's illegal. So the police came you know, because the EMTs got there and saw 80 people cheering on these guys fighting in a ring, and the EMTs were like, screw this. Right. <laughs> so they called for backup, and about 18 police officers show up, and the police are like, okay, this is fine. You know, and some of them stayed and watched. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But if it was if they had seen pros there, then they would have you know gotten yeah, legal if, with the shit. If they had seen pros, it's it's interesting. The police, the New York you know City Police Department is cool with it, but it's the Athletic Commission that isn't cool with it. So the Athletic Commission could direct the NYPD to to say you know to to serve some arrest warrants and, and arrest people. But until that happens, I mean that's one of the reasons why they promoters kept it a secret for so long is because. The athletic commission has been like chasing them down to try and stop these events. Right. So it's not so much the cops at all. They're they're kind of for it. It sounds like. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess they're pretty scrupulous. I mean, the guys that do this don't get paid. Now, I'm sure money changes hands. You know, people making side bets or whatever. Hell, I don't know. But it's none of this is for pay. It's just for their own. You know, to satisfy their ego or to test their skills or whatever. Why we got into martial arts in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. No one gets paid, and I've never seen any gambling at any of these events. That's cool. 
strange. You know, you see that every time you see a movie that's setting something like this up, it's always, you know, they've got a separate room with all the super rich people who are betting on how so-and-so will get his neck broken. But it sounds like this is really kind of more of a pure thing. You know, people are doing it for the love of, of fighting and testing their skills and, 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 and having that kind of fun. And ideally learning, too. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, there's great camaraderie. Uh, there's great, like, martial skill and honor involved. I mean, I think that's, that's a truism about mixed martial arts itself. In its purest form, there's still going to be guys that, you know, are trying their best, competing, and will shake hands and hug afterwards. That's awesome. That's what it's about, too. You know, it's, you know if I get my ass kicked, I want to learn, too. I want to thank you because um, you're right now in, in for the past 15 minutes, whatever, been the best teacher I've ever had, you know, type of thing. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you never know what your blind spots are until the truck comes in and hits you from one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, look, we've we've kind of been all over the map here, and we've had a couple of technical issues, but I'll fix all that in post, as they say. Um, sure you will, Dave. But before we move uh, move along with the show, what have we missed? You know, what did we not get to that you would like us to know about uh, your work or the underground combat, you know, uh, league or, or or fights in general? What what did we not catch? Well, I mean, the underground stuff is just a, a fraction of what I cover. I cover sanctioned events. I go to the UFCs. Uh, I go to I, I, the vast majority of the shows I go to are, are minor league events. When I say minor league, I mean uh, events that would take place in casinos, uh, in you know hotel ballrooms, in civic centers and rec centers. And Cotton uh, Eye Joe's here in Atlanta. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is like a step above underground fighting but a step right below the UFC and this is where you know people you know make their bones to get into the highest level to get into the right. UFC and for the career moves yeah exactly I've, it, I've got a weird uh, side question for you um, it, on a previous episode I was I was covering something uh, we I, I used to live in Singapore for a short while and, and I found uh, you know it's pretty much nothing but traditional uh, martial arts there and I loved it you know and um, but then the MMA uh, started uh, branching out to uh, Japan and and then kind of uh, Thailand, of course, and and all this kind of stuff. And recently, this new group popped up in uh, Singapore, One FC. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of it or familiar with them or not. And yes. if so, what your take is on on this whole expansion in Singapore and that group? Well, Asia has always been a, a fluctuating market. I mean, there were, for the longest time. Uh, Japan was huge for MMA. I mean, it was bigger than the United States, and Japan had an organization called Pride Fighting Championship, which was which was bigger than the UFC. Um, but the Japanese market is is up and down, and uh, so the, there's still potential there. I mean, the UFC has tried to expand it to the Asian markets. I mean, they had a show in Macau uh, earlier this year, and. Yeah, I mean, it, one FC is just a natural occurrence. I mean, people see that there's the people that are interested in the sport and willing to buy tickets um, or watch it on TV. And you know, it, this is the natural. This is how the market grows. And, and I mean, this happened not just in Singapore. I mean, Australia is huge for MMA right now. Brazil is huge for MMA. Canada is huge. Um, the UK never really. You know, grew as big as they'd hoped, but uh, parts of Europe are huge for MMA. 
it, this is just the natural course of 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 the industry. Yeah, I can warm my storm. Well, it's it's kind of seemed like, and this is just my opinion, so it's probably wrong. But <laughs> usually is. But go it, ahead. it seems like the the kind of the world in general was ready for some sort of evolution in fighting sports. Uh, you know, boxing was king worldwide for a long time, and then sort of the whole thing got drugged down by scandals and and shady promoters and loss of interest huge and yeah it just it fell from its perch and there was nothing to replace it for a long time and mma just fell right into that sweet spot and it's it's having its day in the sun now worldwide yeah definitely in a a sense what i'm saying is i think you picked a good profession uh you should be busy (laughs) for many years to come with this (laughs) well i didn't i didn't pick my passion my passion picked me so ah nice as it should be so where should we send our listeners and go ourselves to to check out all your work give us your your web digits and and uh any other projects uh that you might want to pimp that you're working on your stuff yep well, if you want to get like up to date information, uh, I'm on Twitter. I tweet just about every day. Uh, Jim underscore Genia, which is spelled G E N I A. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, I have a blog that I don't update too regularly now, but for years it was the source of underground fighting and MMA in the Northeast. Uh, my blog is MMAjournalist.blogspot.com. And uh, I'm I'm easy to find. There's contact info on my Twitter and on my blog. Sweet. We'll definitely be sending some of our listeners your way, and I'll be signing up to, to your tweets as well and making sure that hi uh, uh We have a Twitter presence. Uh, we're not as proactive on there as we should. <laughs> we tweet like once every two weeks. You know? Yeah, you won't notice a whole bunch of bump from our Twitter presence. But, but. Uh, we'll be sure to follow you so that our followers can can. Twitter get in there as well. Twitter is amazing because. It's replacing a lot of of uh, media sources. It's it's up to date, instantaneous information, and it's crowdsourced. So, if I want you know to find out what's going on with, let's say, a UFC event that's going on in Brazil, I'll know that about ten of my Twitter followers are there live, and fifty of them are watching on TV, and they've all got opinions and different viewpoints. Uh, and that's and this is true of like any conversation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can I can jump in, I can ask questions. Uh and and it's you know, that's just one small view of Twitter as as it comes to MMA. I mean, this applies to like anything. Uh current events. I mean, Twitter is great for all that stuff. Yeah, I guess we're just old grognards. <laughs> I can't figure out how to work the darn thing. <laughs> I couldn't turn it on. It just kept snapping at me. <laughs> but we're definitely trying to up our game in that regard. <clears throat> well, uh, look, uh, it's been fantastic talking to you, and I'm very much looking forward to reading the book. I'm going to jump on that this week because I finally refilled the bank account. <laughs> don't Don't buy it. Don't buy it. I, my agent, um, my uh, publisher sends me cases of the book to just give out like like business cards. So you send Sweet. me your address and I'll mail you a copy. Hey, I will do that. I will not turn my nose up at a galley. Hey, don't <laughs> No, not a galley. This is a full-fledged book. All right. Excellent. Shit. Excellent. I think he's probably going to send you two addresses then. Yeah. That's no, that's no problem. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thanks so much. That was very enlightening and uh, had a lot of fun talking to you, Jim. Yeah. yeah. And, this is so educational for me personally. It's it's uh, it, you know it's it's kind of cool to hear about this because 
uh, it sounds so Hollywood-esque. I mean, you know, we think Fight Club when we hear some of the stuff you're talking about. And to hear that some of that is is actually halfway true, and, and that's awesome, you know? Yeah. It's, well, it's, the next time – oh, go ahead, go ahead. You no, know, I, I was about to say probably what you're going to say. The next time you guys come up to New York, um, you know, definitely let me know, and I'll get you guys to fight. Uh, you, we'll get you good opponents. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be staring down at my wife. I knew you'd set it up. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll be training for that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Hi, Jim. It's been a blast. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, Craig, why don't you hit us up with some news, news, news. All right, nothing happened. Well, moving along. No, just kidding. All right. I'm going to start you guys off with a little positive, upbeat spin on the martial arts world and the news, and then bring you back down to the reality of... <laughs> well, it's all real. It is. It is, unfortunately. Purse snatcher foiled by a martial artist in Victoria, Canada. A thief in Victoria found out recently the hard way that snatching a purse outside a jiu-jitsu studio isn't the best idea. Funny thing is, this is not a new uh, you know, occurrence. Well, I remember after I saw this headline, um, we had one very similar uh, happen before where somebody was trying to rape somebody, do something naughty, whatever the hell it was, and it was happening right outside of an MMA school or something like that. You know, and they just – actually, I think they tried to run in and hide in the bathroom or something. <laughs> it reminds me of back in the day when, like, you'd pull up at the local karate school and they had a sign in the parking lot, you know, parking right. for karate students only. All other <laughs> cars will be chopped <laughs> to pieces or whatever. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, so according to police, two men entered the old Burnside School building on Jutland Road around 7 p.m. began rooting through an unattended purse. When the purse's owner returned, she saw one of the men holding her wallet and camera. But once confronted, the thief and his accomplice fled. Accomplice, you need two people to snatch a purse. Uh, however, they were apprehended by a group of bystanders, including a man leaving the martial arts class in an adjacent classroom. You know, witnesses said the man put one of the thieves in a jujitsu hold until police arrived. A 44 or his head turned purple, whichever <laughs> happened and first. popped like a zit. <laughs> a 44-year-old man has been charged with theft under $5,000, and that's that. 44-year-old jujitsu student. Interesting. Nice. No, no, no. 44-year-old no guy was the thief. Was snatching. Yeah. yeah. Often oh, it's shit. that mid-40s kind of guy. Please stop uh, right it, there. Yeah, it makes me worry about what's going to happen to yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's where I'm going with it. At least I'm not a Florida man. <laughs> you are not a Florida man, but you could be. California man. Yeah, yeah. A Tennessee man. Oh, yeah. Well, that's third on the list. Oh, boy. Anyway. So... Another another interesting aspect, if you're an MMA guy and you want to get a tattoo, do not have it say death to Jews. Yes. What? Do not have it say death you to know, Jews. You know, I'm going to say if you're just an average everyday guy, 
don't get that tattoo. Well, no, you're probably a douche. <laughs> or anything get, like it. <laughs> yeah, most people wallop on you. Anyway, uh, Attila the Hun was a great guy in history. Not so much. But Attila Petrovsky uh, was going for a... He's a Hungarian martial artist, right? He was going for a, an event in Prague, Czechoslovakia. And uh, he has all these tattoos that are anti-Semitic in, in nature. One, obviously, reading Death to Jews. They had Boy. a picture of Hitler and all this kind of stuff. And uh, good for this group. Well, uh, that's commitment. Hey, yeah, no joke. You might outgrow that racism, you idiot. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've. It, I don't know. They seem to be lifers. Uh, well, you know, you guarantee you're a lifer when you tattoo Hitler's face on your chest. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Anyway, the um, the group sponsoring the event was called Heroes Gate. And uh, like the hero they, they say they are, uh, they basically said, sorry, Charlie, uh, no fighting for you uh, because of his anti-Semitic tattoos. So kudos to him. Um, the agent basically uh, said Petrovsky, uh, through kickboxing, was taking his life in a new direction due to this, um, which is what the promoters say that the martial arts are all about, you know. So, of course, they're going to do that. because. So he disavows his own tattoos. Indeed. Indeed. Well, at least. Well, maybe he could turn Hitler into Charlie Chaplin. You know, he could have those (laughs) tats updated. (laughs) Springtime for Hitler. Okay, never mind. That's Mel Brooks. Hey, who isn't? Me. Me? (laughs) Thank you, Matt Strader. Matt Strader, one of our listeners, one of our loyal listeners, has um, been the first to send in, and the only, I might add, uh, to send in to news at com. Somebody's got to blaze that story. trail. That's yeah. right. Matt has done it, folks. You can, too. Here's two news stories uh, submitted just by one of our listeners. Very interesting stuff. Taekwondo instructor arrested in ricin case. That's right, folks. A Mississippi Taekwondo instructor has been recently arrested in connection with a ricin-laced letter sent to none other than President Barack Obama (laughs) and Senator Roger Wicker. I have no clue who this Wicker fellow is. Could be the senator from his own home state. You know, I don't either. I would have looked him up, but uh, it's why do I have the feeling this has something to do with racism, too? (laughs) I, I don't know. Perhaps because the president's black. And, no, maybe. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know. I haven't seen a picture of this guy. He could be black, too. Yeah. Who knows? Just might not I just like don't like politics. the look of you, Obama. That's right. Whamalama ding dong. James Everett Duchke was arrested at 1 a.m. at his home in Tupelo. Uh, Tupelo. Uh, Tupelo. Yeah, well, three. That, that'll do. <laughs> and uh, turned over to the U.S. Marshal Services <laughs> without incident. Um, they said... But uh, no information was available about the arrest or any possible charges at that time. Uh, however, they've been staking him out, you know, looking into all this good detail and, and such. And, and what are you doing? Are you rubbing my leg? Again? You keep looking away from the mic and talking and then looking back, and I keep frantically reaching for the knob to adjust your volume. That's the wrong knob, bro. There you go. There you go. That's, That's the wrong knob. <laughs> Moving on, Hollister martial arts instructor was arrested in sexual assault of a young girl. That's right. A martial arts instructor from Hollister, California, is behind bars finally for allegedly sexually assaulting a girl under the age of fourteen. Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's how you stroll it, evidently. 
So this 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 cat's a fifty one year old uh, Timothy Gutierrez. Uh, while he was working at his studio on Sixth Street, known as Technique Studio. Obviously, he's not a listener. He would know it should be named Principles Based. Anyway. <laughs> According to investigators, the victim's parents discovered the inappropriate contact, inappropriate contact, and called Halster Police Department. The victim had been a student at Technique Studio up until that point. He was booked into San Bedino County Jail on charges of rape by force or fear, lewd acts with a child, and sexual penetration. Wow, is that really an actual charge, sexual penetration? Or is that an adjective or a description? I don't know. This no, that's uh, there, there's probably levels of abuse where there's no penetration, but it still counts as abuse, and that ratchets right. it touch up. Touch me here, touch me there, whatever. Uh, no, thanks. Come on. Uh, please, would you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. MMA artist uh, charged with assaulting women for seven hours. I love that title, for seven hours. Police say that Matthew Lambert bit, that's right, bit, strangled, slapped, and kicked the victim repeatedly, causing her to nearly lose consciousness. A dairyman trained in MMA was arrested Thursday and charged with assaulting a woman over a seven-hour period. Matthew Lambert, 39, uh, of, of apartment number one in Derry, uh, is charged with three counts of second-degree assault and four counts of simple assault. They say they received a report, the cops did, of a domestic-related assault that occurred on May 12th and they met with a female victim who was being treated for multiple injuries. The victim said that on May 12th, around 9 p.m., she and Lambert were arguing when he allegedly began to assault her. He assaulted me. She stated that the assault continued for the next seven hours, during which Lambert strangled her on at least two occasions, bit her, slapped her, and kicked her repeatedly. So uh, he's kind of... In jail, uh, set bail at ten thousand dollars, and uh, you know, hopefully, he's not going to go back to any more seven-hour assaults of biting and repeated kicking. And this was over an argument they were having. Well, yeah, as Wait, it, as were they happens. a couple? Is that what it's implying? Or? Yeah, this is a suburb of London. Uh, yeah, so you know how things go down in London. You're, you're upset. You reach out and bite someone. Maybe kick them <laughs> repeatedly for seven hours. Seven hours, not just an hour or two. I thought it was just seven. a jolly headbutt on the way by, and it was over, but no. apparently not. No, no, seven hours, dude. How does that happen? Seven freaking hours. I don't get that. I, don't, uh, I really well, don't get that. I don't either. <laughs> well, that's my seven-hour stretch, folks, and that was the news times two times three news, news, news. Okay, thanks for the news, Craig. You're more than welcome. Uplifting and educational as always. Oh, yeah. and uh, It let started me just... out pretty good. Hey, yeah, there always is. But, um, you know, thank you, Matt, for, for sending me those stories that I missed out on. Uh, keep doing so. And the rest of you lackeys, follow his example, <laughs> would you? He just Send called y'all lackeys. You need to come <laughs> straighten him out. That's right. I'll give you his home address. Hey, Judy Chop to you. <clears throat> Bartitsu, back at you. Right on. All right. Yeah. Bartitsu's back in the news lately, too. Bada bing. Yeah. That's something that's, yeah, that's a little teaser for something to come in the future. Up and coming. All right. Well, you know, Bartitz and you. We'll get back to that soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I live. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and unzip the mailbag. Oh. And uh, see what we've got in there. It's been a little while. Just the mailbag. <clears throat> Let me put this back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zip that back up. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, let's see. Willie the Q. Willie the Q. <laughs> Willie no, the we, Q. We actually mentioned part. I mentioned him in the last Waiting. episode because I was trying to get the name of the author he was looking for to That's him. Right. But I wanted to read the, the big email, the initial one he sent to us. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. <clears throat> Okay, here goes Willie the Q. Just wanted to introduce myself and let you guys know that your show is a godsend or just that for just that one hour a week at work. Talk about keeping my flame going to stay on top of training. Hey. I'll go ahead and high five Craig on that. High five. That's all that's all we try to do to ourselves too. That's right. <laughs> Keep the flame burning. Keep training. Uh, my name is Willie Q from Miami, Florida. I started martial arts around age twelve after my father threw me off the baseball team for the last time. Missed a fly ball. Hey. And so I asked my mother to put me into a nearby Tang Sudo school, which I stayed in for around two years, but unfortunately still got my ass kicked on the baseball on the basketball court by the class clown and bully. This made me lose interest and ended up leaving till around age 18, where I found Chinese Kempo and shoot fighting under Bart Vale and later Ed Parko's American Kempo. I studied and became partner in a school for around eight years, after which I dwelled into my, uh, delved into my entrepreneurial career. Throughout the next 14 years, I touched upon various arts, including BJJ, Jeet Kune Do, Muay Thai, Classical Wing Chun, uh, Pakiti Serta, and Atienza Kali, as well as, some, <laughs> as well as some amateur Western boxing. I'm not familiar with that particular brand of Kali myself. Paquita Serta? Paquita Serta. Oh, cool. That sounds very either Indonesian or Malaysian something. I think it's something in that realm, but yeah. again, not familiar with that one. But right. uh, the rest of that laundry list. Uh, <laughs> we got. Yep. Sounds sounds like one of us. He mm. bounced around a little bit in his day. Uh, it wasn't until I discovered a local Seahing and uh, EBMAS Wing Sun and... Uh, Latosa Screma Systems that I rekindled my passion. I've been training since and have also become involved with the Russian guys in Systema. I'm not into the sport arts whatsoever, MMA, etc., but strictly into modern and real self-defense principles and application. I speak from and through uh, the eyes of a normal Joe that has seen my share of street action, including an attempted holdup not two months ago. Nice. I can't even begin to tell you how important the martial arts are in my life. As after losing my business, marriage, and just about everything, man, I mean everything that was coming from a life of Miami Beach high-rise and exotic cars living. <laughs> Sounds like you did better than me, my friend. I've been there with Singapore. Yeah, <laughs> including my father who got passed, who passed away at the time as well. After two months of vegetating on my own grief, on the brink of self-annihilation, it was Wing Chun that brought me back into the world in more ways than one. Kudos. I am now my way back to success and risk time never... I think that was an autocorrect fail here. Wait a second. Do what? And risk time never leaving my passion and training again. I, I think he doesn't want to leave his passion and training. I think it was an I'm, autocorrect fail. Oh, I get you, I get you. <laughs> Hopefully we can further chat sometime, but until then, I'll keep listening to your show and hiya. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks for that letter, Willie. And you know, Definitely. uh, the main thing I'm going to pull out of that to comment on is just, uh, it's nice that, you know, you riding high on the hog, everything fell apart and, you know, into every way, every life, a little rain must fall. 
And we all need to remind ourselves. That was Dave the Philosopher, by the way. Uh, yeah, I think I was quoting Peter, Paul, and Mary or something. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, you, martial arts really can be a tool to get your shit together. Uh Fuck yeah, I can. Yeah. I think almost it's no all guarantee of our it doesn't make you a good guy or a together no, person, but it, but it sure gives can you help. the strength, the self confidence to deal with problems that before looked insurmountable, and now you feel strong enough to deal with it because hey, I can sit in this horse stance or I can beat this dude's ass, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah, and kudos to you for even pointing that out. You know, that's something you see on every brick and mortar. TKD, uh, you know, or McDojo type thing of self-confidence and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and, and, you know, that just sounds cheesy. There's but a lot of life management life. tools out there, but for a certain type of person, martial arts is a really good one. Oh, hell yeah, it is. Um, okay, so moving along, we got Kiro Landsberger. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said his last name. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> That's all right. He's not threatening us with ricin letters or anything. It's good. No, but Kiro, maybe I'll go back and cut that out. <laughs> we'll Glad to see you put up the anniversary show. Must disagree about man with the iron fists. Oh, <laughs> that's to you, bro. I told you. <laughs> I really got into it. I didn't think that you could make a hip-hop foo movie, but it turned out okay, I thought. Hmm. You know what? I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Maybe I was a little harsh on that. But again, I, this is not really a movie review podcast. It's just something we throw in for fun, and it's going to be heavily inflected by the mood I was in when I saw it. Yeah, and I have yet to see it. Um, I'll probably take your, your end of it, because I was very excited when I saw the, uh, the previews, you being our, our listener who wrote in. Not you, Dave. Yeah, um, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was really psyched just by the, the energy, the feeling. It looked like a great mix that whoever the director writer was uh, that was going for. And I'd, I'd really like to check it out. It looks There's like some really fun. cool stuff in it. I had my I, – I got my pants in a wad over it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, don't take you my word you were the man with the people. iron fist. That's right. I am the man with – well, that's not iron. Uh, but he does have more <clears> – <throat> And a couple other random thoughts. I think you guys should uh, get Pittman on again. Your skills as interviewers and experience with the format are so much better now than back when you interviewed him before. Hmm. Good point. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I've actually recorded more Pittman since then, but it didn't but. fit or it it fit with a certain thing I was trying to do, but it didn't fit as a general interview. He's been reaching out a little bit lately. And so I think it's a good, time. I, we, we will definitely get daddy Pittman back on yeah. the show. Um, because he's, uh, you know, we like we to have our friends that? on and he's, he's, uh, definitely a notable martial artist. Yeah. So <laughs> plenty more for him to say. <laughs> he's been touching up on Facebook a little bit, a lot lately. Well, he's just using Facebook again. I guess the yeah. conspiracy is over for now. And <laughs> <laughs> He's going to so kick my ass the next time he uh, yeah. sees me. <laughs> the Tibetans are full at the moment. Yep. They're satiated. Yep, yep. Uh, and he also says, I still think you should talk to somebody about Renaissance martial arts. I think one of the main organizations is in Atlanta, and I think Karina Serencioni could direct you to somebody as well. And look, we're on it. We are. Uh, two of my students, uh, my Kung Fu students, actually uh, – train actually out of uh, two different renaissance sword fighting classes um not larping or anything like that but learning the the old old school fighting type stuff um so yeah. we got some inroads and i think that'll definitely have to happen oh yeah and i've been given inroads by stephen kepfer and a couple other places we will definitely get to that 
I, I'll be right up front with everybody. One of the things is, you know, as we're learning to podcast here and we're a year in, so, you know, we don't have as many technical glitches as we used to. We got some of the basic science. Of, yeah. Well, I'll fix that in post. Right. Um, but, you know, uh, but I'm still learning how to do all this peripheral stuff too, like organizing booking and mm. all that. So, we actually have a lot of stuff simmering and, you know, please keep the suggestions coming. Even if it doesn't pop up in the next few shows, it's in the bank, you know? Yeah. And another thing I'd like to point out is, uh, and I think we got an email, uh, coming up that'll, uh, illustrate some of this, um, is that, you know, if you have, uh, an introduction for us to any of these people you suggest, please go ahead and let us know. Yeah. Um, because that really helps. Now, there are a few people that I've tried to get on the show that I've just tried to contact blind via their Facebook presence or whatever else. And uh, typically, it doesn't work. Right. So That's uh, a cold lead. We need a little warm. Right. And, you know, hopefully our reputation will begin to precede us at some point. But uh, until that time, you know, uh, make suggestions, please. We take them into account. And a lot of them are just kind of in the queue, you know, mm -hmm. stuff we're looking at. But it also it takes time to make connections to people. So, so he finishes up with uh, search nearby ni shadows for ninjas too. I think Atlanta had a bunch at one time. Isn't Bud Malmstrom? Bud Malmstrom. Yeah, yeah, and some of the old Bujinkan uh, guys from Atlanta. Yes, they are. Yep. Um, I had a little direct experience with that years and years back, and uh, his wife Bonnie and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, I think we'll we'll be reaching out. There's a there's a good group here um i haven't been in touch with the group here in quite some time i know there's still an active group in columbus as well um but that's something we ought to look into and yeah. haven't considered really yet and we will and frankly i don't think we've done bad about keeping good interviews coming so no. um but we're also still that's you know there's so many aspects to this booking post-production all this stuff that that i continue to struggle with and learn every yeah. day so uh you know Keep the suggestions coming, and yes, we know about some of these people, <laughs> <laughs> and we will try to get them out on the show for you. We, hopefully, this show is going to run for a long time because there's so many good people to talk to. Yes, there are. <laughs> anyway, it finishes up. Uh, you're doing great work. Thanks for all you do. Well, thank you for listening. Definitely. Uh, keep writing. Keep listening. Here's a little message from Gavin on Facebook. Uh, loving the show, guys. Stumbled across in the midst of Googling martial arts info. Hey, so at least we're Googleable. Oh, I like Googleability. <laughs> Been doing Wing Chun once a week for three years with a little Qigong. Decided to try getting into BJJ after a friend introduced me, and it's been a confusing as it's been confusing as hell since then. <laughs> Unsure what I want. Hey, man. That's nice, though. That's I gotta say, I see on the forums all the time BJJ versus Wing Chun. Yeah, grab grab both of them by the balls and just go for it. You know? Oh hell yeah! Uh, it, there's there's no rule that says you can only do one thing. Yeah, yeah. You're not trying to be the martial artist now, of the entire kingdom. Maybe pick the one that tickles your fancy the most initially and get your grounding. Mm -hmm. But after that, once you've got your grounding in something, you know, yeah, play the field. You're young. If you want to play be, the field, yeah, I would say if you're if you want to just be a good martial artist, as anybody would say, yeah, you need a ground game, so on and so forth. Get your blue belt, your purple belt. You know, get your basics in there. And uh, know how to roll, so to speak. But if you love your stand-up game and the Qigong and whatnot, go there. You know, hell, even play with the idea yourself of mixing 
Qigong and, and ground game stuff. I don't I th- know how I that would work. I think there's often a disservice it. done, and a lot of it I think is commercial, and some of it is traditional or whatever, but uh, saying, oh, well, you know, if you train that, you're going to screw this up. Yeah, no. I know. I mean, you do have to try to keep things in perspective and in their own boxes or separate, you know, to some yeah. degree. But it's all just going to come out of your ass in a fight anyway. Yeah, there's still that A part to the whole acronym, which is artistry, right? An artist. You can play with this stuff. It's yours, right? You you know, it's not what you have to use in the ring or whatever. Play with it. Enjoy it, man. And uh, he says, there's a guy who trains and teaches both here in UK. He's in London. And by the way, London listener. Cool. Uh, um, Cameron is the name. He'd make an interesting discussion. So there's another suggestion that just floated in. Hey, you know the guy. Give us an introduction, you know? Yeah. Have Uh, him listen to the podcast if he likes it. Send us an email at highuppodcast.com and CC him in the same email. Hey, you guys might want to talk to each other. That's a good way to do it. And we'll see if it works out. Uh, Anyhow, I want the full gamut of of benefits, uh, fitness, self-defense, meditation, spiritual, feeling a little lost in it all. Hence, loving the show. Keep up the hard work, Gav. We try to cover all the bases, and occasionally we get tossed out. But <laughs> hey, <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Gav. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thanks here. from across the pond. It's great to yeah. hear not just uh, analytics numbers when we did our New Year's, uh, you know, kind of recap for the show, the anniversary show. You know, we saw all of our numbers looking at our analytics and saying, "Oh my gosh, we got listeners from around the world." Um, that was great looking yeah, at numbers. But we're actually starting to hear from them now. Yeah. Now hearing your voices, we love you even more. Come on. Keep it coming. All right. Here's a very terse one. Uh-oh. You all love those. Great show. More Big Al, please. Woo-hoo. That's from Chud. <laughs> That's from Chud. And Hosh, if you're Chud. Uh, what? Come up. I'm thinking it's Hosh. You think? I, I just think it's Chud. Right. Big Al's got a fan. I'm just going to say that. Nice. I told him about it today. <laughs> he was pleased as a pickle. Huh. <laughs> Are pickles really pleased easily? I don't know. That's a, just a bad analogy I made up. It is. Uh, but Big Al will be back on the show again. Do not fret. Yes. We'll he, have him back on he's soon. He's just down the street from us, and David is a pickle pleaser. All right, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, getting close to the end of this, we got uh, Mike. He says, hi, I love the podcasts. I have them on my iPhone and iPad. Some excellent guest interviews and conversations. It would be nice if you could speak to Tim Cartmel. It would be great if you could get someone from the Hawk Arts, too. Uh, Lung Ying, Bok Mei, or uh, Southern Praying Manus on your show as well. Regards from the UK. Mike. Was it Mike? Yep. I think I just befriended you on Facebook, brother. Yes, indeed. I completely agree. Tim Cartmel, we need inroads with. I, I, I like. He's, I haven't tried with him yet. Of course, he's been on my list of people I'd love mm-hmm. to talk to. Uh, I was, and there's a lot of people on that list. And unless I get a direct introduction to some of them, I'm sort of waiting until maybe we percolate up and get yeah. a little more noticeable. But um, yeah, if you know Tim. Tell them to give us a call. If not, <laughs> don't worry. We about it. we will be working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other side, uh, if he kudos, will do it, we will do it. Kudos to you. I I, I would imagine you're a hockey hands player. If if not, um, you know whatever. But uh, awesome on bringing that up. I completely agree. It's a uh, a topic, an area, a niche that is badass in the TCM world, traditional Chinese martial arts, actually. Um, I love, even though I'm a Northern Shaolin stylist, uh, I've had my experience with Hawke hands. I'm a huge fan. Just don't tell my oh, students. Yeah. But, you know, 
I love it, and I think that we definitely we, need to get somebody in here. We all had some time back in the day bumping around with the uh, with the Henry. Uh, the You're talking about Puyi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to mention a, a certain uh, go down in an alleyway in New Orleans, you know, with a big guy. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of all right all right yeah oh we'll get into that in our drinking stories episode indeed uh which is every other episode i think pretty much uh okay couple more uh andy hi dave and craig hi andy hi andy welcome to the show (laughs) oh my god (laughs) really loving the show been with you guys since episode five ish and the weeks between episodes is too long andy what happened to one through four brother you're hurting me you're hurting me (laughs) i'm sure he'll backtrack (laughs) during one of those long weeks that's right yeah we just had a long week it was two weeks in between episodes Uh, i apologize but again you know life intervenes but rest assured if we miss one we're pressing forward we're 40 plus we got kids i would love to be one of those podcasts and if i was 20 something when i was doing this i would be it'd be out every week like clockwork nothing Mm -hmm. would get in the way it'd probably be a lot more entertaining because i'd be out doing all kinds of crazy stuff every day but it's just not that way anymore. Yeah, those so, are now called memories. Yeah, so we strive to. Uh, my goal is a podcast every week. So if you and it looks like we average about three a month, and yeah. you know, so seeing when we do get one off, we blow on a little long, and sometimes you'll get two hours worth of content. So <laughs> just uh, take what you can get, and uh, and thanks for that. Thanks for listening, and yeah. thanks for keep pushing us. He says, anyway, to doing the typical British thing, I feel a bit embarrassed to put myself forward as a potential interviewee, Ooh. since you are now moving into the discussion area of weapons. Really? And he's noticed something where we do kind of cycle through topics. We've done a lot of mixed martial arts and stuff, and weapons are coming up, and you know we've had different things that kind of I missed that. Where does the weapons come up? Uh, we did some weapon... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a. <laughs> I know you at least remember coming over to the house. <laughs> he says, I've been training since 1995 in two traditional Japanese martial arts that you or your guests have mentioned in the show before Aido and Jodo. I'm sure I don't need to describe what they are to you right now, but I started my training while living in Japan where I worked for a couple of years. I maintained strong connections with our Japanese teachers as A, I translated the seminars they come over for, and B, I run the Aedo department of our association in the UK, the British Kendo Association. Anyway, I wouldn't dare put myself in the same category as some of the extremely experienced people that you've had on your show, like Mr. Amder, whose knowledge of Japanese Budo must far surpass mine. But if you would like to discuss these two martial arts, then I would be delighted to have a chat with you. Very best regards, Andy, from the UK. The motherland, as he points out. Uh, I kind of guess we'll be in touch with you a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll throw this out to all the listeners. Not everyone we have on is some, you know... King Hell. Yeah, you don't uh, have I, to be an Amber or Pittman or whatever. We love to get guys with some fame and name. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but we also just like to talk to trenches martial artists, too. So, um, like ourselves. Like ourselves. So, uh, we will be in touch with you. And by the way, uh, with, in his case, I'm intentionally not using his last name because okay. I don't like to out anybody that we're going to interview before we actually record the interview. Right. But, uh, no, we'd love to talk to you about that stuff. And this is a perfect way, you know, if you know somebody, even if that person is yourself, let us know, you know, Indeed. and again, we, we're not, we can't interview every listener or anything like that, but you know, this sounds like this guy has genuine credentials and he's out there doing it. Definitely. So, and yeah. plus he, he made wanna, a great point of tail ending or dovetailing onto, uh, the weaponry thing. 
classical weaponry. Yeah. Jodo and Iida, one, uh, you know, short stick and one uh, sword thing from the Neon thing, whatever. It's weird. It's a medium. I I actually did that for a while with uh, the Kashima Shinru guy at UGA. Talking about the red-haired guy who always ate chicken and eggs and got bigger and bigger like a fucking superhero. No, no. Well, you're talking about one of the guys in Who? What? Yeah, it was just some weird dude at UGA. Red hair, and he looked like a samurai anyway. Everywhere he walked. Yeah. He was eating nothing No, I'm talking about Dr. Friday's class. But he wasn't wasn't running it at the time. There were some of his students running it. But I, I did that for a little while. It's very interesting. So, yeah, I'd love to talk to you about it, Andy. Sweet. We'll be in touch. Um, and last but not least, here we have David. He says, This now, is David see, or two David? Come on. No, it, it, David is going to be speaking now. And I'll, I'll use a voice since my name is Dave. So see if you can tell where he's from. <clears throat> here we go. Oh, boy. <laughs> Good day. I love to listen to you guys rock. Australia. I'm a truck driver and you guys keep me entertained whilst I'm on the road. I love the Randy Williams podcast. He's a dude, and we're friends now on Facebook. I hope to get him back. I hope you get him back. Being a Wing Chun stylist, I'd love to have more from him. Cheers, and have a good one. Peace from the land up top, Australia. Now, you do realize you just offended the fuck out of this guy. Hopefully, he'll take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> we are high uh, anyway. Yeah. High Lennon. No, but thanks. And, and that's our first letter from Australia. So It is indeed. Amazing. That's absolutely outstanding. I didn't even realize. I mean, Australia is a huge-ass country. You don't think of it as such because it's an island or whatever, but uh, that there could even be a trucking you oh, know, industry. it's a continent, Craig. But it's a huge joint. That's, that's <laughs> badass. That's cool shit to hear, though, all the way from Australia. Yeah, well, Randy so Williams, much. he pops up again. Everybody loves uh, yeah. Randy Williams. I love he Randy. He's one of my funny as shit and a great martial artist. Yes, um, indeed. So, uh, airport meetings aside, yeah, thanks for getting in touch with us. And you know, it, it actually, uh, it, it actually, uh, it reminds me that this is our second contact from Australia, Kylie Sturgis. That's right, the uh, Token uh, Skeptic, Skeptic Podcast. That's right, yep, yep. So, that was fun. So, uh, if you run into Kylie out there, give her a big high five from me, Dave. Talk so, about reach arounds, that's a reach around the globe, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> That's probably the point where we should call this shit quits. <laughs> That's definitely it for the mailbag. Craig, you got anything else before we uh, close this uh, mammoth episode of Hi-Ya Podcast out? Not as much as just a little Hi-Ya, how are ya, you know? Yeah. <laughs> by the way, Dave in Australia, I'm sorry if you were offended by my atrocious Australian <laughs> accent. <laughs> I, th- I think you'd probably take it with a grin on your face. I'm sure he would. He's a cool <clears throat> cat, he seems like. Yeah. So, um, Congrats on, on making inroads and connecting with uh, Randy, you know, on there. And that's something we tied in a little bit earlier, too, when saying pimp yourself and, you know, uh, get us news, get us contacts, all that. Uh, and also think yeah, about our Facebook taking, thing yeah. as a community. Mm-hmm. Um, we are a community. Yeah, we have the podcast. that's just us talking with, uh, you know, the interviewees and you guys coming in on the back end. But don't make that be the end of the story or the end of the episode, y'all. If you we post something and there's uh, you know a discussion topic or an interview, and you have some thoughts about it, put your comments up on the uh, Facebook thing. And and you know there's another listener out there that's a martial artist you'd like to get to know. Like make friends, man, and and talk and 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 make some connections. Yeah, cool I mean thing. most of the people that come on the show to talk to us are not trying to hide. You know? Indeed, <laughs> they're it's not a trying to be in promotional. The yeah, well, absolutely. You know, uh, and we want to get them out there. So, yeah. you know, if you hear something you're cool with, look them up on Facebook. 
you know, chat hey, them up. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a good way to make friends, we've found. Yes, it and is. And also, as Craig just reinforced, please use the Facebook page to generate your own content, start discussions. We're just about to roll over 200, which is not huge for a Facebook group, but we're building steadily. And, uh, you know, start talking to each other. Yeah. And if Hi, you, all listeners. And if you haven't clicked on that like button... Uh, but you listen to us, and we know there's several thousand of you based on our numbers, actually. Um, what you're saying is that you do not like us, you know? It's a different couple of thousand every month, I think. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> They're like, I've heard that. And we I'm, got I'm 200 done. that like us, and then, well, I listen to one. Listen to <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Oh boy! No, but I see enough. Uh, you know, occasionally when I do get on the internet nowadays, I, I'll you know once in a while I'll just throw our name into Google, and there are conversations happening other places. Evidently, like the rum soaked fist thing. Yeah, I heard about. so feel free to have conversations. Definitely. Come on, tell us we're stupid. Tell us to move the show along faster. Tell exactly. us whatever you want to tell and, us about. And the for show. most of you cats, if uh, you're a new listener and you click on like and stuff, I'm going to click on your little profile and, and get all yeah. pervy and read your profile and see what I can learn about you. Because I like to know our audience. Well, know? that's Craig, the SEO master. It is indeed. Um, okay. Well, I think that about sums that up. Uh, of course, you can find us on our Facebook page. You can reach us at mailbag at highoppodcast.com or Dave and or Craig at highoppodcast.com. Or if you got news, at highoppodcast.com. News at highoppodcast.com. But having said all that, <laughs> thanks for listening, that. folks. And see ya. We both got a piece.